Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Hello, college football folks. Welcome back to the College Football Coast to Coast show. I am Jacob, along with my co-host, Tyler. Uh, We're going to break down week three, Tyler, and we're going to jump right into uh, what we've got going on with uh, the recap, and that is the ACC. Uh, We're going to break down Florida State went on the road to face off against the Louisville Cardinals. Florida State squeaked one out. Uh, just barely on the road. Uh, big win for them. They still stay undefeated on the year. Uh, and uh, they they look pretty well, especially at the quarterback position. But I think there's some news surrounding that and where they're at going forward at the quarterback position. Uh, but what was your thoughts on this game? Yeah, definitely uh, Jordan Travis going down was the story in this game. Uh, But, you know, Tate Roadmaker really did a good job coming in as the backup. Uh, But I think this was definitely a huge win for Florida State. You know, they already got that big win against LSU uh, in New Orleans, and they're starting 3-0. So, you know, this is a team, you know, that, as I've said it many times, ACC is wide open this year. I mean, Clemson's not a for sure bet. They have a tough road game. This weekend that we'll talk about in Wake Forest, uh, but this was a really back and forth battle. This is really what I expected. Uh, Louisville has Malik Cunningham on the other side, and uh, he was able to find some open holes uh, in that Florida State defensive line. They really had trouble against uh, defending the run against Louisville, but I mean Louisville's defense didn't really have an answer uh, with George Travis. They did. Really, you know, shy. like he can be a good quarterback for this Florida State team. Um, I'm hearing that Jordan Travis is going to be okay going into the this weekend's matchup. He should be uh, ready to go. But uh, I think that – let's see. Let me look at their schedule, actually. So they play Boston College this weekend. So I would probably ride with Roadmaker one more week. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, Wake Forest, uh, the home game, uh, that would be a big game. So I think you can get – 
like one more game. I, I just know that you you need Jordan Travis to be 100% for Florida State uh, to have your best chances of winning. So, if, honestly, if, you know, Roadmaker can, you know, beat Boston College and then you can pass it on the torch to, to Jordan Travis if he's not 100% healthy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the what I see from Jordan Travis, I mean, fantastic quarterback, young quarterback, yeah. uh, unbelievable throwing power. A great sense of where he is in the pocket. Uh, so I think Florida State's got somebody there that that uh, they can build with and definitely have the offensive weapons. Uh, wide receiver that they have is six foot seven. Um, that guy had a game, let me tell you what. And uh, when your guy's six foot seven and he's up against a five nine corner, it's all you got to do is throw the ball up and, and you just lob it up and he's going to catch it every single time. He's right? going to catch it. So. Easy. Yeah, so they have a good receiving core there uh, and a decent run game there as well. My problem with Louisville is is they're too one-dimensional, I think. I think uh, Malik Cunningham is is a great player, but I just think that they they rely too much on his legs, uh, and it really takes away from their wide receiver core and their, and their tight end core uh, and their, the rest of their core on the offense. So I think it's uh, – their defense is fantastic, don't get me wrong, but uh, as far as offense goes, I think they need to rethink about what they want to do within that offense. I just think there's too much on his shoulders. Uh, moving on from that game and going to Auburn, Alabama, we're recapping Penn State, number 22 Penn State, uh, against the Auburn Tigers. Penn State went in and absolutely dominated Auburn on the offensive line. Line of scrimmage battle was not even close um 41 to 12 Tyler. are you surprised at the spread the point spread on this and uh what does this do for penn state going forward and auburn as well i'm not surprised that penn state won this game but i don't see them nearly 30 points i mean i we saw you know auburn that they did their orange out they packed out the stadium and penn state sent them home by the third quarter all of them uh, we're going home, uh, so no toilet paper. We're throwing on the tumors corner. Just go around as Penn State absolutely dominated this game. Nick Singleton, I mean, he might be like the, the freshman player of the year in the Big Ten. He had uh, two touchdowns and over 120 yards on the ground. So I mean, this is a Penn State team that you know that looked kind of sluggish in their first game against Purdue, and then they just keep rolling and rolling. This is like the identity that Penn State has known them for. So, I mean, if you can hang 40 points against an SEC defense, Auburn has a young bunch, but, I mean, there's still a good defense uh, in the SEC. So, I think that Penn State, you know, I had them in, at nine wins before this season. But look at their schedule. I mean, their only really tough game that I see on the road is is Michigan. Michigan State kind of fell off this weekend uh, against uh, Washington. I think that Ohio State, they get them, you know, this could be a team that can sneak into the playoff because whoever wins the big team, Big Ten East is going to win the Big Ten championship. I don't see anyone really from the Big Ten West contending them. But, yeah, this is definitely a concerning loss for Auburn. I think that Brian Harson is going to be the next one out the door. We saw her words out of there. Scott Frost get canned. So, I think that Auburn, it's just a matter of weeks or days uh, that Brian Harson gets fired. But, yeah, this is was a really good game for Sean Clifford as well. I know that you don't really like him, and I know that Penn State fans don't like him. But he brought that veteran experience uh, – on the road to the Plains, a very hostile environment. I mean, he had to do enough. He didn't even have one passing touchdown. He did it on the ground. But, yeah, this was a really complete game and definitely the best game that Penn State has put on the field in 2022. Yeah, I think going forward, I think this game's a good good sight as far as what there is to see in the next couple of weeks. I mean, you go and your next month of football is tough. Yeah. Uh, So I think – Getting off to a fast start is key. I think this was placed right in the schedule in order for them to succeed later in the season in these next three weeks or so. So I think it's a it's a good spot and uh, for them. And as far as Auburn goes, yeah, this this could be the start of a big decline. Uh, and I don't know if we see their head coach out the door yet, but it could be uh, a case where it it could be one more season and, and that's it. You know, and that that might be a short leash, people might think. But uh, to produce in the SEC, I mean, you know, Tyler, so you have to produce in the SEC if you want to keep your job. They'll get ready as fast as they get you. I mean, it uh, it's a demanding job. Uh, but both both teams uh, are 
trending in opposite direction. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that Auburn fans, you know, expect greatness. You know, they're like, they see themselves like alongside, you know, in Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. I mean, Auburn, you know, it's been a while since they won the national title, obviously, in 2010, Cam Newton. And in 2013, they got uh, in the national championship that crazy year. So, I just didn't really like the hire in the first place of Brian Harsett. I know that he did good at Boise State, but Boise State versus Auburn, that's a completely different. So I think I just need to can him and, and try to go for, for someone maybe. I wouldn't really touch another a group of five level. I think Auburn, you know, they have the facilities. Jordan Hare is one of the, the top ten environments in all of college football, and you have a passionate fan base, and you can get recruits. I mean, the only really – big school that you have to recruit in the state of Alabama is Alabama themselves, but Alabama is more nationwide. They really don't get most of their recruits from the state of Alabama. So yeah, I just think that Auburn, I just think that the season is going to get worse for them. I think they're probably going to be the worst team in the SEC West. I won't go too far saying the worst team in the SEC. Maybe if they lose to Missouri this week, I would say that I have to give it another week. I think that's going to be the battle. If if you lose that game, you're going to get last, Uh, but yeah, something needs to change with Auburn, and the quarterback situation is just ugh, very yeah, – It's yeah. rough. I mean, Penn State had eight sacks in that game, uh, I mean, for total, and that was for both quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, two interceptions and two fumble recoveries. So, I mean, it uh, <laughs> it very well was a battle of defense versus uh, a lack of offense on Auburn's side there. Uh, but moving on to a game that did nothing but offense uh, in a crazy game, I don't think we even imagined this, something like this would happen. But Kansas put up 48 on the Houston Cougars uh, in Houston yesterday, or I'm sorry, on Saturday. Uh, 48 to 30 was the final in this game. Talk about an absolute beatdown from the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I honestly going into this one, I saw a lot of people really high on Houston in this matchup, but I was in the few. I know that Wade uh, had them on upset alert on our sports scramble show uh, in last week, uh, but you know this Kansas team has the offense that they they that they've been needing. I mean, they've been having you know defense uh, for a couple of years, but this offense had just been letting them down. I mean, Kansas. We know them in basketball, you know, they just won the national championship of football. This has been a program, you know, maybe two, three wins a year. Now they're already 3-0 and and, you know, maybe one or one or two more wins and they're going to be in the AP poll for, you know, the first time uh, in, since like 2007 when they were ranked in the top 10 and played in that Fiesta Bowl. But Houston, there's a lot of problems with this team. I mean, they have the offense, they have the experience in quarterback and Clayton Toon, but the defense just can't stop anyone. I mean – all the teams that they faced, even UTSA when they got the win, which they barely won that game, was in overtime. Then the second game they faced Texas Tech in another overtime game, but they gave up 30 points. So now they give up 48 to a Kansas team. Then the offense that really pretty much just did whatever they want. I think that Lance Leipold is doing a fantastic job here at Kansas. This is a tough place to win because not many recruits want to go here, but he's getting the right recruits. So I think, you know, who knows? Maybe Kansas can can sneak into the Big 12 championship if things uh, keep rolling. I can't imagine. There's no way. <laughs> um, but it it, uh, it looks wild for them. And, and it's a great start to the season. I think it's a big boost for their program. Um, going forward, as far as Houston goes, yeah, this is already looking like a bad year for them in the American. So it yes. uh, very well might see somebody else. Top Cincinnati the or Tulane seems. Yes. So Tulane looks really good this year. So they might top the American this year. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but moving from South Texas over to the West, uh, man, what a battle in Oregon between BYU. Number 12 BYU going in uh, to Eugene, Oregon, and getting absolutely pummeled by number 25, Oregon. I mean, a 41-20 game uh, that just – no, there was no sort of offense for BYU. I mean, it's kind of a game that, uh, you know, I get it. Everybody says it's a tough environment out there and it's a hard place to play. But, I mean, you got beat by three touchdowns on the road and you're a – top 15 team in the country that you know you win against Baylor you look good 
and all of a sudden it falls apart. Uh, did you see this as a trap game on the schedule for BYU? And, yes. Yeah, and as far as moving past this, I know their schedule doesn't get any easier. Uh, as far as Oregon's goes, it's pretty minuscule. It's it's not too bad. Uh, but is this a game where BYU can bounce back from, or do we see them losing a couple more? Yeah, I did see this as a trap game. I know whenever we were putting together a parlay, you wanted to put this on. But I was like, I don't know. There's something about Austin Stadium. It's hard to beat this Oregon team as bad as they look to in game number one against Georgia. But Georgia has just been putting on a clinic pretty much every week. But no more. I don't think that we're going to get a group of five team uh, anymore in the playoff like we did last year with Cincinnati. BYU pretty much had to roll the roll the dice and go undefeated, and now they lost. Uh, this is a bad loss. I'm not saying it's like a bad loss, but this like you can't lose to 21 against uh, Oregon on the road. But, yeah, BYU, you know, coming off of that very physical game is an overtime game. You just The question I have for them, you know, what was going to be the emotions going into this game? Well, the emotions just fell flat. The defense had no answers for Bo Nix. Bo Nix had five touchdowns, his uh, best outing with the Ducks this season. So I think, you know, Oregon – a lot of people wrote them off uh, after that 49-3 loss in Atlanta. But, I mean, I can forgive them for that. That was pretty much a home game uh, for Georgia. And so far, no one has really come close. I mean, even South Carolina, they got blown the doors off of them at, at home. So, you know, I think that a lot of people are talking about USC and Utah at the top of the Pac-12. And maybe we can see this Oregon team, if they play like this every week, uh, we can sn- see them sneak in and steal uh, one of those spots since USC and Utah play. But, I think BYU, uh, they still have a, a good offense. Uh, Oregon's defense, though, they, they really held strong. So, like you mentioned, BYU uh, has a tough stretch, but they do get a little bit of easier opponents. I want to say easier, but they do get Wyoming, do get Utah State before they have to play Notre Dame and then Arkansas uh, later down the road. And Oregon has a tough road trip this week in Pullman, Washington against Washington State, so their schedule doesn't get easier. But definitely a big win for Oregon if they want to keep their Pac-12 uh, – Hopes a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, talking about Oregon, yeah, they really, I haven't, we haven't seen Oregon put up 41 points since really Marcus Mariota. I mean, uh, you know, you had Justin Herbert there and he was all right there. And, uh, you know, he kind of flourished at the NFL level and was a big piece there. But yeah, it it seems like uh, Oregon putting 41 up at home against the top 15 team, it seems like they're trending in the right direction. Uh, and it's good that they cleared their minds after that Georgia game and, and got right back on it. Uh, moving to the SEC, you had a bout there in the boot that you attended. Uh, yes. Mississippi State, the Bulldogs going to Baton Rouge to face off against the LSU Tigers. Uh, man, let me tell you what, it was the tale of two halves in this game. The first half slow for both teams, really Low scoring, a lot of defensive back and forth, uh, no sort of offense. And then the second half, uh, something happened. I mean, your halftime was 13, what was it, 13 to 7? Yeah, 13 7 at the half. Yeah, 13 to 7 at the half. Mississippi State was leading. And LSU comes out in the second half. Their defense shuts down, holds them to three points, and decides that they're going to put up a nice little number in the second half uh, to win 31-16. to Uh, Great win for them uh, to start the SEC, really uh, deep SEC play beginning. And uh, it looks like uh, Mississippi State, I thought they would keep this game really close, uh, but just came out flat in the second half. Yeah, like you said, this was a tale of two halves. Uh, Mississippi State, you know, their first offensive drive was a good one for them. Joaquavius Marks uh, busted out a 37-yard touchdown run. And just like that, it was 6 nothing because the kicker missed a, a, a PAT. That was a that was a big one. Uh, but then, you know, they scored again. It was 13 nothing. But I think the big thing was that uh, LSU was able to strike before the half uh, to really cut into the lead and give them a chance uh, trying to fix some things. And that's exactly what they did. They – uh, Jane Daniels found Jerry Jenkins in the end zone. And then in the second half, I think this was the most like impressed uh, that I've seen of LSU defense in the past couple of years because LSU's defense hasn't been, hasn't been the same identity. But I think that Matt House really had a good game plan. I mean, Will Rogers only had 214 passing yards. Usually he has like 300 by the 
by the second half. So yeah. this was a really impressive defensive show. And I think uh, we saw uh, BJ Ojolari and uh, Jay Ward get some SEC player of the, the week honors. Very respectable for them. But LSU's offense, I think the key for this one, I said into it, can they find their running game? And they did. They had 216 uh, rushing yards. They had that big run by our win. They had a rush, three rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter, one by Goodwin, one by Williams, and one by Jane Daniels. So I, I do think that the second half was great, but the, really the game-changing play uh, was whenever Austin Williams muffed that punt. And I just put all the momentum on LSU, and they never gave it back. So I think uh, this is a huge win for LSU, obviously, with uh, the loss uh, in the season opener against Florida State. But this is a completely different team in week three heading now into week four. Yeah, for sure. And in that closing out our power five and moving to the group of five where we don't have any sort of idea what the heck is going on. Uh, App State and Troy, of course, App State hosted college game day. Uh, Great for them. Great for that little town there of Boone. And uh, I think the entire town showed up, including all the students. So it's fantastic for them. Troy, I'm surprised at how well Troy played. Um, they've sh- kind of struggled in their first couple of games, and uh, they were one and one going into this game. But App State, coming off that big win against Texas A&M, comes into this game flat, uh, and they struggled. You, and you go into the second half, they start scoring. And we get down to the end, and <laughs> Troy is winning this game. And you think it's over until Chase Bryce decides he's going to launch a 53-yard bomb to the end zone. It ends up about 10 yards short and uh, ends up getting tipped to a App State receiver, and he just waltzes right in for the game winner with zeros on the clock. Craziness. Uh, that is App State. They they will uh, stop your heart. So uh, it uh, it was fantastic to see them win a big game like that, and it was mass chaos on the field there. Yeah, crazy environment, at co- both at college game day and then the game itself. I mean, what a game this was. I mean, there's just been, like, so many good games so far. I mean, I don't know. This is probably the game of the year, uh, in my opinion, especially with, with the ending. I don't know if it's going to be hard to top it. Uh, but, man, like you said, you know, Troy really played a good four quarters, and then except for one second, whenever their defense, you know, forgot – that, you know, whenever you're trying to bat it down, trying, you know, bat it down to the ground. Well, they bat it down right into the receiver's hands and he just waltz right into the end zone. So, I mean, that's just App State for you. They can do miracles, pull off upsets uh, uh, left and right. Like you mentioned, I mean, Troy, uh, I know that they're one and two now, but they, they played this App State team tough and they played Ole Miss tough uh, in the season opener. Ole Miss just absolutely ran over Georgia Tech this past weekend, but Sunbelt, Funbelt, baby. I mean, crazy things just happened. I mean, we almost saw South Alabama pull off another upset against UCLA, uh, but UCLA was able uh, to, to nail a field goal. But even in the loss, I mean, it's hard to pick who's going to win this conference because you have, like, Old Dominion looking good, App State looking good, South Alabama looking good. I thought Louisiana was looking good till they lost to Rise, so I might have to, to boot them out. But, I mean, Georgia Southern is a tough team, too, so – who knows? Like it's this like whoever wins could either have like two or three losses in the conference. I think everyone's just gonna beat up on each other because that's how good this conference is this year. Yeah, I think everybody has their pros and cons and, and I think they uh they're gonna duke it out big time this year. But yeah, uh that was a nuts game. Yes. And I think App State, you know, talking game of the year, I think App State has two different berths for game of the year. Uh week one against North Carolina. Yep. I mean, they could on be the wrong in that, yeah, on on the losing end, but and then turn around and this game is chaos. Uh, so I think uh, I'll be watching a lot of App State <laughs> more this year and seeing what happens because uh, it, it yeah. it's only going to get better from here. They I might think. dub this one the Miracle in the Mountains. It, they might, they might, <laughs> yeah. You might have to, you might have to start a little documentary on that, Tyler. Um, but moving on from the recap, the only thing left to recap is some changes we've seen in the top 25. A lot of people moving around all over the place, up and down, left and right. Um, 
I mean, who's your who's your big who's your big mover for for this week? Well, big mover uh, to technicalities here. I'm looking at ESPN. Oregon jumped up ten spots, uh, but I think my big mover is going to be Washington. I, I mean, I picked the upset last week against Michigan State. I think with Michael Penix, this offense has a new identity. I think that the head coach is uh, buying in. Uh, the players are buying in to this program. I mean, Washington, you know, back in the 90s, early, early 2000s, this was the team to be reckoned with. I, I think that we're seeing a type of offense, you know, with Jake Browning that we saw a couple of years ago. So I think, you know, this Washington team, you know, we talk about Oregon, USC, and, and Utah. And no one's talking about poor old Washington. So I think that, you know, Washington has the offense and they show the, the defense – Especially in the first half, the second half, uh, they kind of looked sloppy. Uh, Peyton Thorne was able to. But if you're watching that first half, I mean, Washington puts up 29 and then holds uh, Peyton Thorne and that offense to eight. So I think that Washington's the big movers for me going from uh, the unranked to, to number 18. If they keep piling on wins, you know, Washington uh, team by, you know, the October, whenever that under switches. Yeah. And I think. Uh... I'll take the team that is uh, in the less performing category. I'll take the big loser of the weekend. And I think the big loser of the weekend is Miami. Miami falls 12 spots all the way to the bottom of the top 25. Barely hanging on. Barely hanging on. Uh, Sad performance by them this weekend. Uh, Just not what I expected uh, from this team coming into this game and I know Texas A&M was looking for blood especially after last week so they had to take it out on somebody that just so happened to be the Miami Hurricanes um as far as Miami goes this loss could hurt them in the ACC big time I mean the ACC I know we don't we're not paying too much attention you know the majority of people um but I think one loss can hurt you very bad, you know, when it comes to the ACC championship. Clemson's back from what we can see so far. Wake Forest is still a big threat. Uh, NC State somehow still undefeated. I mean, North Carolina hasn't lost yet, so and they're yeah, still in the mix. North Carolina's still there, and they're getting votes, and they're just not quite in yet. So the ACC has made a huge jump this season, and I think they're in a trending in the in the right direction for sure. Uh my biggest question mark, and I'll ask you the same thing, but my biggest question mark inside the top 25 uh, for me staying with the ACC is got to be NC State. I mean, NC State sits at 12 right now. Uh, they moved up four spots, four spots. So I'm kind of confused of where they're at. They're just squeaking by. I think when we get into the ACC play, you know, you're playing Clemson and, and Wake Forest. I tell you what, uh, they do not look like they're ready for an ACC championship right now. Um, and I, I, I don't know where they go from here. They're a very confusing bunch this year. Yeah, I mean, they had a really good win uh, this past weekend against Texas Tech. I think that they showed that they still have a good defense. Uh, Texas Tech really has an experience of offense and they were held to 14 points Devin Leary the quarterback for NC State I'm not gonna forget his name like I did last week and uh I think uh he's yet to you know to really have that performance to really vault in the NC State I think that NC State has the offense you know to average 30 points per game they will get a tune-up this week against UConn I do not see this one being close as you see the point spread is 38 and a half of the Wolfpack and then that's when this is when your schedule really gets tough I mean you have you have a stretch of Clemson uh, Florida State and Syracuse in three straight weeks. And Syracuse is a team that we also haven't really mentioned. They're 3-0. They got a, a big win against Purdue home uh, in the Dome. So I think that, you know, that Syracuse uh, could be a team that can maybe sneak up on you because I know that Dino Babers and that squad always pulls off an upset, especially they love to play uh, the Clemson Tigers close. And uh, so I think the ACC is wide open. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and moving on from our recap of the top 25, uh, moving into our next topic of games of the week is brought to you by Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company in Houston, Texas. Make sure you go check them out uh, at buffbrew.com. They are uh, doing great things, a lot of different flavors that you can go try over there. We will be out there later this year, hopefully, uh, for a big sports weekend 
and we're looking forward to that. Uh, but moving into our games of the week, we'll go right into the ACC. Um, Clemson, number five Clemson on the road, headed to play the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest at number 21. Uh, big top 25 matchup here. Uh, my thoughts in this game are, does Clemson have the offense in this game to match Wake Forest shot for shot in this one, or is Clemson's defense going to have to save them against a very good uh, quarterback in, in offense of Wake Forest? Yeah, we saw Wake Forest, you know, just barely edge out against Liberty 37 to 36. But I honestly think that they were looking ahead. I think that they thought like, oh, we'll casually, you know, stroll in right playing at home. And now they, they have the Clemson team uh, that, like you said, the offense has a lot of question marks. Uh, Wake Forest, uh, let's see if, if their defense can rise to the occasion. I'm actually going to go with the upset here. I think that Wake Forest gets a big win. I think that Sam Harmon is the type of quarterback that, that, that can really hurt Clemson's defense. I mean, Clemson has just been squeaking out wins. I mean, they barely be, beat Furman. They barely uh, pulled out a win against Louisiana Tech. They haven't honestly really impressed me. Uh, they don't really have the identity of a top-five team. They have a top-five defense, but they don't have a top-five offense. They kind of remind me of Texas A&M. But yet they're still undefeated. But I don't think they're going to be undefeated anymore. I have the Deacons uh, winning this game. I think that if uh, if Wake Forest, I think that they'll be able to score against uh, Clemson's defense. I think that there's uh, some holes in the secondary that uh, Sam Harmon uh, will try and, and, and you know throw against. So I think I'm going to go Wake Forest here. I think it's going to be close, but I think they get it done at home. Yeah. Um, upset siren can go off now yes because uh i'm gonna roll with you i think that i think wake forest can win this game at home i think they're ready for it and they've been waiting they've been circling this game on their calendar and uh i think they'll put up a good showing they might win by a touchdown here i think it'll be a close game i don't think they're gonna blow them out i would be shocked (laughs) if they blew clemson out um but no i think wake forest can get this game taken care of at home um and move them up quite a bit in, in the rankings. Clemson loses this game. Where do you think they go? Uh, in the rankings wise, you, you yeah. mean? Um, I would probably drop them like 14 or 15. Okay. Uh, at the preseason, I had them losing to Notre Dame. I don't really see that happen anymore. So I, even with one loss, uh, they would still be in, in playoff contention, but they would probably have to like blow out some teams and try and make some statement wins uh, because I think that even with a close loss to Wake Forest, that wouldn't really be a bad loss. But if they lost like 41 to 10, then you pretty much are done. Yeah, I think you're done at that point. And, and it all comes down really to these two teams uh, are playing now. If Wake Forest does win, you're hope, you have to hope that Wake Forest loses another game on their schedule somewhere so that you can make it to the ACC championship. Because yeah. I think where it, we're trending with the playoff um, is conference champions are going to be up there, and that's that's really it. So I think it's uh, this is a big like uh, placement game, I would say. Yes, for, game. For ACC. Yeah, this is a big one. So uh, we'll be tuning into that one for sure. And our other game in the ACC – uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish will be headed to North Carolina to face off against the Tar Heels, who look really good. And you know they're my pick for the ACC this year. So uh, this is a this is a good game, I think. And I think this has the potential for North Carolina to win this game by three touchdowns um, in this one because it looks like Notre Dame doesn't have an offense. And they look very bad, barely won against Cal. <sighs> This this past week, and I'm kind of shaking my head and kind of confused. Uh, and watch the video of the offensive coordinator or the quarterback coach, one of the two, absolutely chewing their quarterback's ear off in the phone on the sideline. Let me tell you what, he was not happy. And uh, at that time, the game was still 0-0, and uh, he was not happy at all. And Notre Dame barely gets by, and I'm sure they're not happy. I know it's a it's a – it's a one in the win column there for them, but it uh, it's not looking good for the Fighting Irish. And for North Carolina, undefeated still, playing at home. I think this is uh, a big game for them, and I think they want to build off of this one and go 4-0. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see uh, North, Notre Dame and uh, Marcus Freeman get their, their victory, their first victory in his tenure after going uh, 0-3, losing the bowl game last year, and then 0-2. 
but yeah, the really main question is North Carolina has offense has started off fast in every game. Ray is one of the most underrated. I've said it. If he's can, I mean, if North Carolina keeps winning and goes to ACC championship, I wouldn't be surprised if this man, uh, you know, receives an invite uh, to the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony because there's not really many other quarterbacks making a statement like him. And I, I think the only quarterback that's really putting up some numbers like him is uh, Stetson Bennett, the quarterback from Georgia. But I don't really see this game being close. I just North Carolina, they're going to be able to score, and Drake May is going to be able to do whatever they want. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's defense, you know, got exposed a little bit against uh, Marshall. Cal, Cal just didn't have the offense uh, to really contend in that one. They almost had a Hail Mary uh, to keep the game going, uh, but it fell short. So I think that North Carolina wins this game by two touchdowns and really, you know, puts – I wouldn't really say it's like a statement win because I, I think that Notre Dame isn't as good as people expected. They were a preseason top five team, which that was just not realistic expectations. Uh, but I think that North Carolina at home – uh, you know, they had a, their struggles against uh, Georgia State, and they also had their struggles against Florida A&M on the defensive side. So concern with North, not concerned at all with their offense. They'll be able to score. Uh, but if Notre Dame, uh, they would probably have a game going because if they become one-dimensional, then this is going to be a long game for the 5-9ers. So I think North Carolina wins this one like 34-21. to 21. Yeah, I roll with that one all day long. Uh, and moving on from the ACC, going to the Big Ten, big matchup here for Maryland, and they're going to Ann Arbor to the Big House to face the Michigan Wolverines and the defending Big Ten champions. Uh, number four right now, Michigan is, uh, after the shakeup we've seen so far, and kind of staying there, cruising along, riding the ship, because they hadn't played a single person this year, and this is their first Big Ten uh, meeting of the year. So this has the makings of an offensive game. Um, I think Maryland is going to be able to put points up. It's just a matter of can they stop Michigan, and it could be a big no or it could be a big yeah. And I got a feeling I'm going to go with no. Uh, (laughs) Michigan looks like they can score points at will this year, and um, if that continues, I think this game's a blowout. Um, very well could be a 38-14 game at the end of this game. And and I think that's where I'm going to put it. I think Michigan's going to thrive at home against Maryland and the Terrapins. Yeah, I wouldn't really call this uh, their first big test because I think that Maryland definitely has the offense, but their defense has just been looking awful their first three weeks. I mean, they gave up like so many yards to a bad Charlotte team that just got their first victory against Georgia State this past week. And then, you know, Michigan, their offense isn't skipping a beat uh, with J.J. McCarthy. I think that he is the real deal there for Jim Harbaugh's offense. I think that he's like the quarterback, a perfect fit uh, for Jim Harbaugh's offense. Uh, But this is going to be a blowout. I have Michigan winning 42-17. I think that Maryland will be able to score against Michigan's defense, but the problem is Maryland won't be able to stop Michigan's offense. So, Blowout in the big house, and Michigan improves the four. Yeah, and then another big game here. Wisconsin will be going to Ohio State to play in the shoe. Uh, Wisconsin disappointment right now uh, in the Big Ten West. Does not look like the team that they used to be. Graham Mertz doesn't look like he's the quarterback he used to be. Uh, defensively, they look awful. They need to fix something. They need to put something in their food in order to wake up because uh, – they're getting beat by teams that they should not, like Washington State. Um, losing to Washington State last week, do you think they're out for blood this week, and could they keep it close with Ohio State? No. After Ohio State just put up 77 on a Toledo team that might win the MAC, then, I mean, the only really pulse that Wisconsin has on the offense is Braylon Allen. I mean, if, if Braylon Allen doesn't have a big game, then Ohio State's going to blow the doors off of this team. I know that Wisconsin is has the physicality on the defensive side, but I just don't see it with the you know the powerhouse that Ohio State has in, with uh, the three monsters, Trayvon Henderson coming out of the backfield, and then you have C.J. Stroud and J- Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, the receiver. So this is going to be two uh, our two big games of the week here in the Big Ten are going to be two big blowouts. I have Ohio State absolutely blowing the doors off of Wisconsin uh, in the in the horseshoe. I'm going to go Ohio State. Similar score to Maryland, but I don't think that Wisconsin puts up that many points. So I'll go Ohio State 45-13. Hmm. 
See, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think Ohio State will still win this game. I think Ohio State still wins this game. I think it's probably a two-touchdown game for me. Um, I think as far as defensive goes, I think this is the best defense that Ohio State's going to play up to this point, even though Wisconsin is not a very good defense right now. Uh, I think this will be the best up to this point. So I think they can hold Ohio State in the mid-30s. Uh, I'm going to go 35-21 in this game. I think it's possible they keep it uh, to 14 points. So I think that's where I'm going to put it. Uh, I think Ohio State still rolls. Uh, and Wisconsin, just sad, in my opinion, this this year. Uh, moving on from the big to the next big, and we're going to the big 12. Uh, Baylor has a date with Iowa State in the Cyclones. Uh, Baylor drops to 17 after their loss. They were at nine. They dropped to 17 after their loss to BYU a couple of weeks ago. And now they go to Iowa State. Has the makings of a really good game here. Uh, Iowa State looks like a poised team that that could do well in the Big 12 this year. And uh, this could be a really good game. I've got Baylor holding on in this one. I think Baylor's still the better team here. Uh, I think they'll win. I'm going to go 28 to 10, and I'll, I'll take Baylor. Yeah, this is going to be a defensive slugfest. I think that I, playing at Iowa State is definitely the one of the most toughest environments of the Big 12. I mean, Iowa State at home has pulled off upsets. We saw it back in 2011 with Oklahoma State, and we saw it a couple of times with Oklahoma. So you just never know with this Iowa State team, you know. You thought that they would, you know, be better last year, Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, but it looks like they're better without them. I think that they're, they're – it's like this program is just better off of not having any expectations. like no one talking about them, just letting them do their own thing, <laughs> especially Matt Campbell there. I want to go with the upset here, but I just think that Baylor, I just don't see them winning, uh, losing a second game this quick in the season. I think they're too talented of a football team to slip up again. I think that they're going to be motivated from uh, that BYU loss uh, from two weeks ago. I think it's going to be a defensive slugfest. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored, uh, but I will go to the Baylor Bears in a field goal game, 24 to 21 against the Colognes. But I would not be surprised if we saw on Saturday, come Saturday night that Iowa State pulled off the upset because this team has talent on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they definitely do. I mean, they started the season three and zero so far, getting, yeah. a, getting a big win um, against Iowa a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, they look they look good. I mean, they look yeah, really good. Really good. Uh, Iowa State is the two-and-a-half-point favorite at home in this game, which is kind of strange. Um, folks, if you're betting, Tyler Maybe and I will give the insight on that one and take Baylor money line in this yeah. one, I think. Um, it's going to be a good game, 11 o'clock kickoff on ESPN2. Uh, and moving to the second game of the Big 12, K-State is going on the road to play Boomer Sooner, number six in the country, uh, Oklahoma, not having any problems with Nebraska last week. Steamrolling them. Um, they look good. They look really good. I'm surprised at where they are right now. Um, as far as this game goes, I, I have a feeling it can be close because K-State has a little more offense. Um, the question is, they're kind of one-dimensional in the sense that if big old Deuce doesn't get the ball there, uh, they could have some problems. So I think Oklahoma is going to be ready for the run in this game. And uh, playing at home, I think they can win it uh, pretty well. It, it could be a two-touchdown game or a 17-point game. Um as far as it goes, I think Oklahoma can put points up. I'll go 38-17 in this one and give it to Oklahoma at home. Yeah, talking about dropping an egg if you're Kansas State, losing to Tulane at home 17-10. to I mean, uh, Kansas State has shown that they have on the defense, but their offense, you know, you go up from putting 40 points uh, against uh, looks like a hapless Missouri team that might finish like 4-8 and eight or 3-9 or on the season. But, I mean, maybe, you know – We'll learn from that game. Maybe Tulane goes on to win the American Athletic Conference, uh, and then you know that's not so bad of a loss. But right now, I have to say that that that's a bad loss uh, for this team, especially. You know they have some a lot of talent. You know to make some noise uh, in the Big Twelve. Uh, they, they're still in the Big Twelve race uh, since that loss is out of conference. But now they go on the road to a very hostile environment uh, in Oklahoma that absolutely are just blowing the doors off of every team that they have faced. Uh, 
this season. So I think this one, I'd say it's going to be another blowout. I don't see this one being close. Uh, maybe if you asked me a couple of weeks ago, I probably uh, would have gave this like a touchdown game, but I don't see it anymore. I have Oklahoma uh, winning this one. I'll go 38 as well. I think that Oklahoma puts up 38, but Kansas State only puts up so much. I'll give it a 38 to, to 16. Ooh, the little one point difference yeah. there. Forty-eight, <laughs> sixteen. I can't. I can't do seventeen. So I'll, I'll say like they miss an extra point or something. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on from there to the all unpredictable Pac-12, and number fifteen Oregon. They have rebounded now. They are now fifteen to round out the top fifteen. Uh, they're headed to play Wazoo. They're playing Washington State on the road. Uh, has the makings to be a good game. Washington State looks like they can play this year. They look better this year than they have in a long time. The good old gray steel helmets uh, will be out again. And uh, I think Oregon wins this game. Oregon is, I believe, the six and a half in this game. Uh, I think that they can cover a six and a half on the road. It ain't that far. They're just down the road a piece. So it uh, it's going to be a good game, I think offensively wise, I think this is a, an offensive game. Uh, once again, it's all a matter of how many points can Oregon put up. I don't think they put up 41 like they did against BYU. That was kind of unpredictable. That was kind of weird. But I think they could win this game. I'm going to go 31, uh, 31-21 in this one. I'll give it to Oregon. They cover the six and a half. You know, Oregon, uh, very impressed uh, with their performance uh, last week in Austin Stadium against BYU. And they get a very – you know, pesky bunch in Washington State, uh, and, uh, which is a very tough road trip. Uh, it always is, is a tough place to play. You know, Washington is looking really good. They just got a 30-7 to win against Colorado State. And then I think their biggest win is against Wisconsin. I mean, they just they did just enough. You know, they scored 17 points against, their, you know, one of the best defenses in the Big Ten in the country. Wisconsin's always got a real uh, good defense. But I think that Washington State has the offense uh, to really contend with Oregon in this matchup. I think that they have a better shot of pulling off an upset at home. I'm going to do it. I think that Washington State gets it done. I think that Oregon, you know, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're all high and mighty. We're coming off our BYU win. And then they fall flat once again, and they fall back down to earth. And I think that Washington State gets it done. This is going to be a very close battle. I think it's going to be a defense. These are two of the best defenses uh, in the Pac-12. So I'll give uh, the Washington State uh, Cougars uh, this win. So uh, they won't beat the Washington State Cougars. They beat the BYU Cougars, but they will not beat them. So I'll give uh, Washington State to win 31-28, get a field goal game. Wow, wow. That's uh, that's big right there, especially for Washington State in, in the fall off of Oregon uh, that you suspect. Uh, but our second game in the Pac-12 has all the makings of two undefeated teams so far and one and two in the Pac-12 right now, uh, and that is USC at number seven in the all-unpredicted Oregon State <laughs> is currently undefeated 3-0 and right now, and they're going to welcome the USC Trojans uh, to their turf. So it, uh, this game's interesting. USC is a six and a half on the road against an Oregon State team that really ain't much that we've seen in the past. I don't I don't know what's happened. I don't know if there's something in their Cheerios and all of a sudden Oregon State's for real. Uh, for me, I think USC covers the six and a half. I think it's probably better that it was probably be 13 and a half. It should be. Um, so, folks, please, please take USC to cover – the six and a half, sprinkle a little on there. And uh, I think the Trojans win this one pretty easily. I don't think they'll have any problem putting up 45 in this game. Uh, I'm going to go 45-28. I'll take the Trojans. Yeah, last year, actually, Oregon State beat USC in the Coliseum. But this is a way, way, way different USC team this year, especially with Caleb Williams uh, transferring in from Oklahoma. You have Lincoln Riley now. I mean, it's just like – Whatever defense you put on the field, USC is going to score 30. It doesn't matter who you put on the field. Well, maybe we'll see if they get to the playoff and face like Georgia or Alabama. But I just think that Oregon State has the offense. I mean, they kind of remind me of that Fresno State team. You know, they have the offense, but they won't have the defense to really stop. Uh, but Oregon State, like you said, they're undefeated. They have a win like USC against uh, Fresno State. 
but I just don't see this being close. USC will get into the 40s, and Oregon State won't get close to that. I have USC winning this one like 45 to 17. I just think that USC is just too good of a football team right now, and just Oregon State is just slight years away uh, from being where USC is. It is a tough place to play. Oregon State has pulled off a couple of upsets in their time, but I just don't see it here. USC has just been rolling. Yeah, I think so. I agree with you on that one. And moving to the all-power SEC, uh, two teams and another top 25, two top 25 matchups in this conference that we will be looking at for games of the week. And that is number 20. The Florida Gators are going to play the Vols of Tennessee, who are number 11 right now, uh, doing all right. They're, they're hanging on there. And uh, this, I think, has the makings of being a really good game. Uh, I think this will be a ground and pound game, physical game. Um, interestingly enough, I think I'm going to take Florida to win this game on the road. Uh, I, I know we've had a wild beginning of the season already, so why not kind of thing. Um, I think Florida could pull this one out. I think they could win by a field goal. I'm going to go 33-30 in this one, and I'll give it to Florida. You know, I was on the Florida train for about a week, and then I, I've, I've gotten off uh, that train <laughs> since uh, week two, and especially where they just look terrible against South Florida. I mean, that's a South Florida team that will be lucky to probably get to four wins. I mean, <laughs> that that was just a, a, a terrible showing by Florida's defense, giving up 28 points. I mean, BYU absolutely put the doors off of that of that team. So, I you know, I want to – we haven't seen that Florida team from week one. Maybe Utah is, is just bad or either Florida it has just fallen off the face of the earth uh, since that game. Uh, but, yeah, Anthony Richardson, uh, like going back to that, he had a terrific week one and then week two and week three has just been downward. It's just like his stock is just continuing to fall. But Tennessee on the other side, this is a team that I've been high on since the preseason and, and then since last year uh, – well, when they they show what they could do, I I don't think this one's going to be close. I think that Tennessee at least wins this one by by ten points. Florida won't be able to stop Hinton Hooker. There's just too much talent. I do think that Anthony Richardson can, uh, you know, if if Florida's going to beat uh, Tennessee, it's going to be through the secondary because I think that Tennessee secondary they're a young bunch. Their defensive line has proven though, so I think that if if Anthony Richardson he has to have a good game. He can't really throw any interceptions because you're just giving free points away to a Tennessee uh, team. College game day will be at this game. It is a 2.30 CBS game as, as well. So both fans will have to be on their couches for six hours So with the commercials. I want to get your take of your 2.30 experience after this. Uh, but I'm going to go Tennessee in this one. Uh, let's go 34 to 24. Yeah. Um, moving to the second game there. With Arkansas, number 10 Arkansas, they've cracked the top 10. Uh, a lot of SEC teams in the top 25 right now. And uh, Arkansas is a proven team right now that is undefeated. They will be playing in Jerry's world. I hate calling it Jerry's world. Oh, <laughs> it's like you're going playing to in the Dallas. Park. They're playing in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Congratulations. AT&T Stadium. That's what it is. Uh, they're playing against the Texas A&M Aggies. Who are who knows what they are anymore? Uh, I, yeah, yeah, they are riding the waves. Let me tell you what. Uh, this has got the makings of a blowout. I think. I think Arkansas can blow the doors off of Texas A and M. Uh, physicality wise, scoring wise, I think they're a way better team. Uh, I'll take the Hogs. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Let's see, 31-24, I think they win by well, seven. Blowout. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a blowout for the majority of the game. I think Texas A&M oh, can get a late Texas A&M comes back in like garbage time and scores. Sure, sure. I think that's what I, I think that's what can happen in this one. Uh, Arkansas is way too powerful for Texas A&M. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this has been a you know a rivalry series that's been dominated by Texas A&M in the past. But, you know, when Arkansas has been down in – I mean, this Arkansas team, you know, has taken this A&M team uh, to overtime. I think that Arkansas – so just like going to the two offenses, 
Arkansas is here, A&M is down here. I mean, K.J. Jefferson to Max Johnson, me as an LSU fan, I know what the Max Johnson experience is. It's not very good. I mean, they did, put a, they did uh, you know, get a good win against Miami, but I was saying Arkansas's offense is light years ahead of Miami's offense. Uh, I think that Raheem Sanders is one of the best running backs in the SEC. He put up two touchdowns uh, and – and their win against Missouri State. Arkansas did struggle with Missouri State, but this is probably another team that didn't really care about that team. Yeah, let's just get through this and get to the Texas A&M game uh, still undefeated. So I think that, you know, Arkansas's defense is no slouch either. You got Bumper Poole, uh, the middle linebacker, who's one of the best middle linebackers in the country. And Texas A&M, you know, I think that their defense will be able to hang around in this game uh, for three quarters, but you'll see in the fourth quarter uh, that Arkansas will will slowly, you know, start to pull away. I think that this will be a close game. It's a robbery game. It's always been a close game. So, but I think Arkansas's offense is going to be too much. So, I'll go with the Hogs as well. So, we'll pick Suey for me. So, I'll give them the 31-27 to 27 win over AM. I like that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, circling back, yeah, I think this uh, rivalry is, is changed. Uh, and that being that, you know, A&M is the two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Um, I, I don't know if it's because they're playing in Texas. Um, Arkansas fans travel. I mean, this is – They this do. Might be advantage well, believe it or not, Fayetteville's just as close. Yeah. Dallas, if not closer – I think it's probably closer. I think it probably is station. closer than A&M because, I mean, A&M's pretty far down there. Um, But – I think this is one where you and I will take this, this two and a half. And I think we're money line, money line for the hogs. Uh, but moving on from the power five to the group of five, our lovely one group of five game. Uh, that is eh, half and half group of five, half group of five, <laughs> half power five. Once again, former uh, group of five. PCU was a former Mountain West and a WAC team. Yes. Um, so TCU. The horn, the horn frogs, I believe. Yes, horn frogs. Yes, playing the SMU Mustangs. Um, <laughs> this game, I, I over. Look, guys, there wasn't much of a group of five week this week. Uh, it's kind of, and it's gonna just fall off the face of the earth. I don't know. Um, the conference play was some really good group of five. Yeah, yeah, we'll have some great ones. But this upcoming week, this is like the Big Ten last week. Yeah. Um, and it's going to happen, I think, for one conference probably every week for a little bit. And uh, it just so happens to be TCU at SMU. Uh, Tyler, I'll let you take the game first to see what you think because uh, I'll have to formulate my opinion uh, after you. The TCU's, you know, they have uh, – this is an interesting storyline. TCU uh, no longer has Gary Patterson. They have Sonny Dykes, who is the former SMU head coach. So, Sonny Dykes goes back. So, I think that TCU is going to be really motivated. And this one's – you could even see SMU team motivated because, you know, your coach left you uh, for TCU that, you know, that's just, you know, down the road from you. Literally, it's just like a couple blocks away. Uh, but this is going to be a really good game. If I don't know what the over is, but take it because both offenses can score. But I'm going to go with TCU. I think that TCU is uh, the more talented team in this one, but I think that SMU keeps it close throughout. But I'm going to give uh, the edge to TCU. I'll give them 41 to 38 over SMU. So you think that you would take the over in this game because the over under is at 69 and a half? No. Oh. That might be too much then. (laughs) They did uh, show their defense in week one against Colorado, but everyone has shown their defense against Colorado. So I think that this will be TCU's really first big challenge side against an SMU team that can score points. Uh, These are both undefeated teams. So I think whoever wins this one, you know, know, TCU, I think that a lot of people aren't really focusing on TCU. I think that that could be a team that can stay on the Big 12 and end up in Arlington by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, this game is even, hard to believe. Even. Pick them game. All right, TCU. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with SMU, I think, Ooh. them playing at home. I think they're the better team offensively. I think that makes the difference. Um, I think their defense can make up for for um, the offense. I, I think that they it'll work out, I think. It'll be a close game, uh, as it's predicted to be, an even game. I think yeah. it'll be close. Uh 
I'll probably I'll take the over. I mean, it's a lot at 69 and a half, but I'll take the over, I think. Uh, I'll see this one going overtime. Yeah, I'll go 42-38 in this one. Okay. Um, So just one up for me then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll take SMU in that one. Uh, But moving on from that, guys, uh, we'll move to the news. But first, our second sponsor of the episode, and that is Righteous Felon Jerky. Go visit uh, www.righteousfelon.com. Use promo code OCSN for 15% off the best beef jerky in town and around town and all the way around. Bring it around town. Yes. So I just ordered some today. uh, So it'll be here soon enough. What flavors you got? Uh, I've got the original hickory one because, you know, you got to go with the OG one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I got that one. I've got the uh, the barbecue blues one, I believe. Um, and then I went with the victorious B.I.G. So uh, those three are the ones I went with. Uh, I think they're good. I mean, so I'm I'm surprised that they say that the barbecue one is a little more spicy because it's got habanero in it, but I think it'll be okay. Cause I'm, I don't know. I feel like I'll be prepared for it. Um, and I might end up liking that one the best who knows. So I'll have to give you a little review on that. Uh, maybe next week, depending on when it, it shows up taste test on next week's show for sure. <laughs> live taste test, uh, for next week. But, uh, if you guys want to go get some of your own head over to www.righteousfelon.com and pick up some for yourself and let us know how it is. Uh, we've heard great things so far and uh, hope to hear some good things in the future. Uh, as far as the news goes for college football, not so great things going on in college football for our two news stories. Uh, we won't spend very long on them because uh, who knows what's going to happen there. But the first one is Herm Edwards is no longer uh, the head coach. He has been relieved of his duty uh, as the Arkansas State Sun Devil head coach. Um Tyler, is Herm Edwards done coaching? I think, is he going to say bye-bye to football and go retire with his lovely money for the rest of time? Or uh, do we see him moving maybe to a group of five school uh, that could be up on the rise, maybe somewhere in the Sun Belt or something like that? I think he'll – I don't know if I want to say that he's done coaching. I think he'll probably go back to – NFL Live uh, and ESPN uh, of being an analyst uh, like he was for for so many years working with ESPN before he took the job at Arizona State. But, yeah, this has been a rough start to the year uh, for Arizona State. We saw their star quarterback transfer uh, to LSU and after that just the wheels off. Emory Jones had the transfer from Florida uh, as a starting quarterback uh, over there. And Arizona State lost uh, to Oklahoma State in a game that was not close. Oklahoma State absolutely dominated the whole entire game. And then – uh, they lose uh, Eastern Michigan at home. That was pretty much uh, the final for Herm Edwards. Uh, so uh, we'll have to see what Arizona State – I mean, they're not going to get the greatest of coaches. I mean, especially now that Nebraska's open, that's going to be a big-time program. Who knows, maybe we see an Auburn open as well. So I think if you see, you know, already Nebraska opening and then Auburn opening, I mean, Arizona State is probably going to have to go for another group of five uh, coach. Uh, maybe, you know, you get a bo- another Boise State coach or maybe you go for the App State coach if he wants to leave. I mean, Arizona State's not going to be a team to get a, a group of, uh, you know, like a big name because Arizona State, I just think that, you know, they have like a good history, don't get me wrong, but it's just like everyone's just going to go, like on the West Coast, everyone's going to go to USC at this point in Oregon. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the big issue is there's not a Billy Napier laying around anywhere. No anymore i mean so it's going to be hard for them to find somebody i think long term uh they have an interim i'm sure you know and what what's going to happen there we don't know but it doesn't look very good for uh arizona state in the pac 12 so it's going to be odd to see where they go from there um our second one is uh, a week later so folks it is like a soap opera in lincoln nebraska so uh, last week we talked a little bit about how Scott Frost is gone. He is gone forever. Um, way too late, I think. Um, and now, a week later, the defensive coordinator, Eric Chant, uh, I don't I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Shenander? Shenander? <laughs> yeah. 
Eric Shenanigans. Eric Shenanigans on the field, that's for sure. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Defensive coordinator Eric Shenander uh, has been fired after the blowout loss to Oklahoma. Uh, I think it was coming. Hey, I've got a running bet, I think, uh, going forward that next week uh, Nebraska is out the door. I think they're just cleaning house um, at this point. It's uh, it looks terrible. So I, I I don't know what's going on. You might as well just get a couple of students down there and to coach the team, or just have the players coach themselves uh, at this point, because uh, the wheels have fallen off and they are dragging the wagon through the west uh, all over the place, and it, it doesn't look good. No, it does not look good at all. And my main question is, if you're going to fire him, why didn't you just fire him last week when the same Nebraska defense gave up 45 points to Georgia Southern, a team that had just lost to UAB uh, on the road? But yeah, I mean. He pretty, I mean, he just left him out the dry. Like, here you go. You have Oklahoma offense and Dylan Gabriel have fun with that and then give up 49 points. I like, I just love how like Nebraska went up seven nothing. And then after that, it was just all Oklahoma. I bet like the fans are like, yes, we're going to pull off the upset. And then like, uh, well, I guess this is where our program has come to. So yeah, the wheels are going to keep falling off. I just think that everyone, the Scott Frost staff, is just going to get the can. And hopefully, you know, Nebraska. I want them to be good. College football is better off uh, with them being, you know, a good program. I mean, please, someone like the Big Ten West is so boring. I mean, Minnesota is probably going to win the division the way that they've been playing that with Tanner Morgan at quarterback. And they're going to be rowing the boat all the way to Indianapolis as Nebraska is uh, rolling away in their dumpster fire. But, yeah, hopefully uh, Nebraska can, then, can get, you know, the right head coach uh, for the program. Yeah, absolutely. Um I yeah I don't know where they go from here and as far as yeah. the big thing goes it's all over the place might as well not even pay attention to the West folks because uh, at the end of the day it ain't gonna matter yeah the probably we won't talk about Nebraska until they hire a new head coach honestly yeah I think that'll be uh, the next like breaking story Nebraska's been retired we're tossing them yep. in the garbage throw the match in see you later uh, as they roll down the hill uh, folks as far as our recap and going forward. Uh, for next week that's all we've got we're just over an hour uh and if you guys want more of our content and you want to see us and reach out to us in any way you can find us on facebook and twitter at cfb coast to coast at cfb coast to coast um go check us out let us know leave us a review see how we do uh of course we are also on apple Podcasts as well if you guys want to go over there and watch any of our past episodes listen to us uh, rant and rave about our lovely college football uh, in previous weeks. Uh, we also are on there as well. Uh, Tyler, we'll do it again next week, man. Yep. Next Monday. We'll yep. see you guys next Bye. Monday. <laughs> we'll see you guys next Monday at three o'clock uh, for week five. Look ahead and the recap of week four. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.